unnecessary. Five, five, four, four, three, two. Welcome to the Big Film Podcast. I am your guest. I'm going to own it. Joshua Rivers. And across from me is composer and filmmaker Eric Gordonberg, the EGB. So this episode is going to go out to all of you aspiring filmmakers, fans of film, filmmaker fans, fans of filmmakers. It's going to be for you guys today. We're going to talk about the struggles and what it takes to be an independent filmmaker. And I assume there's a lot of them. I'm a little bit new to this, which is probably why I still have the guest title and not co-host. We'll get into that later. So I wanted to ask you some questions today about what it takes to be an independent filmmaker. Because how? let's start with this. How long have you been doing this? I mean, if you want to just say filmmaking. Yeah. Since I was a kid. Since you were a kid? You know, not like seriously, but we How were... did it start? How did it start? I think the first memory I have of making a film was taking Star Wars toys. Here we go. And we had a pool table in the basement. And my brother and I would set them up on the pool table. And we had one of those big, v- like actual VHS camera recorders. Where okay. You put a full VHS tape in there. Okay. And we would set it on the table and do like still shots and then move them and then record for a second and then move them. Good God. Those tapes are somewhere. Really? I want to find them. I don't know where they are, but they're out there somewhere. So that's how it started. That's how the, the Berg filmmaking family began was, I mean, we, we didn't necessarily like in that moment be like, we're going to make movies. Right. Well, you're too young, but that's where the passion kind of first. Yeah. Thinking back on it, there was all these little signs throughout here and there that, now, when I think about that stuff, it's like, that actually kind of makes sense. Okay. You know? So you start with films, with toys and Star Wars figures, and at what point did you really take a step into, like, genuine filmmaking? So the first, I'll say the first film that I scored was a project that my brother did when he was going to school okay. out in Santa Monica. And at the time, I was into more of... um You can't see it on camera, but guitar. I was a guitarist. That's how I got into music. Okay. Well, my brother was working on this film, and he asked if I wanted to do music for it. And, like, I had no idea about any of that. Okay. It's a whole different world, you know? Composing for a film as opposed to just strumming along on a guitar. Compared to playing Led Zeppelin in the basement, you know? And I was really excited about it, and it's was kind of terrible but (laughs) i don't know anyone whose first attempt or second or third attempt for that matter that isn't terrible that's fair i still think some of my attempts are terrible you know that's the best way to grow though right is to be your worst critic i think that if you don't think you're terrible you won't get any better right i mean if you think you're awesome then how are you supposed to grow there's certain professions where like you have to have that I'm the man mentality. Yeah, you want to pretend you're awesome. Right. You know, like create that sort of fake it till you make it thing. It's right. not It's not that you're like phony or you're fooling anyone. You just, people need to believe in you because yeah. if they don't believe in you, then none of that stuff is going to work. Okay. So you composed a film for Michael when you were, uh, when he was in, when he was in a film school out in Santa Monica. Yeah, that would have been probably 10. 10 to 2013. About 10 years ago. 10 years ago? I think it was about 2013. Okay. So from there, were you just, wow, this is really fun. I want to keep doing this. Or how did it it progress from there? That was just kind of it at the time. 
And I was at a point where I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do with music. Like, I knew that I wanted to play guitar and I wanted to make music that was uh, instrumental. Did you go to school for any kind of music or? I did. You did? Okay. I'll get to that. Okay. No fair. Um, This was after that. Okay. But I wasn't sure the direction that I wanted to take with it. Yeah. And I received a text from a person that I went to high school with. His name is Will Van de Cromert. Is he okay with you using his name in this video? Um, he I does, assume it's similar he, to a logo. He does not like when I give him credit for this, oh. but I'm, I do it every time anyway. Okay. So he texted me out of nowhere, and I didn't have his number. Like, I hadn't talked to him in years. So I get this text message, and it's like, hey, have you seen the... Or do you know the um, Pro Tools hotkey for some i don't remember what it was it was something completely like i had no idea what he was talking about so i just said who is this <laughs> and he's like he's this? like it's will and i'm like what really what's a will like i remember you <laughs> how do you have my number and why are you asking me this well it turns out there's a another eric with a four letter last name that starts with a b oh. and an e and he accidentally texted him i still i'm not sure how he had my number interesting but after that, he was like, hey, we should hang out and, you know, catch collab. up. Yeah. We should collab. We kind of did a little bit. Okay. So I met up with him, and that was a lot of fun. And he had just come back from L.A. as well for film scoring. L.A. Yeah. L.A., man. L.A. And he kind of sh- showed me what he had been doing okay. with his music, and it totally just opened Changed your world. It kind of did. Okay. Because it was this whole other side that I didn't realize existed. And, you know, especially when you're younger, there's a, a bit of, I think, mystery to the thought of a composer. And a lot of people think of composers as being like these virtuoso, mysterious, yeah. you know, like they're conducting right. and they're crazy and their hair's flying all over the place. Well, that's like, what you see all over media. You see right. the, the the John Williams and the, the Hans Zimmers and they're just flowing along with the music and they're these very elaborate and sophisticated gentlemen. And But there's guys like Tom Holkenberg too, who's like a DJ yeah. on the side, exactly. has like his own thing going. So it, it's kind of this uh, false... Uh, image, I think, at least yeah. at least currently in these times that we're in now. Yeah. So when I went to um, college after high school, which was before this had happened, yeah, I was like so excited. I'm gonna go to school. I'm gonna learn. You know, obviously playing guitar for years, like you pick up music theory and things like that along yeah. the way. But I was so excited at the idea of actually understanding what I was doing and what it all was. Okay. And to kind of fit into that uh, idea of like an image, you know, because I feel like sometimes people think that I'm this like, let's just put it this way. A few times people have thought that I actually worked for Bethesda. What? And I think some people thought that I was Jeremy Soule. What? Just because like, they, because they didn't understand the project that I was working on. It's kind of this... Uh, Are you talking about your, your remasters and rescores? It's the Beyond Skyrim yeah. stuff. Because it's like a mod of a game. And it's, it's kind of a hard concept to understand if you're not a big gamer. Right. But my point is, I went to college and... I went to college. I dropped out because I was going to fail. Oh, nice. <laughs> 
like music theory was the professor was awesome. I remember we went in the first day and there was like probably 35 of us in the classroom and he comes out. He was like the doctor house of music. Okay. And he comes walking out and he looks around and he's like, look around you at everyone sitting here. By the end of the semester, there will be about seven of you left. Was he right? Well, I don't know, because I was one of the people that <laughs> wasn't there, you know? But I, looking back on it, I wish I would have stuck it out. But I also learned from that that, you know, they talk about how there's kind of two different uh, ways of learning. There's like the, the book learning, and then there's the hands-on learning. Yeah. And I am 100% hands-on kind of. I, You can stand up there and lecture me as long as you want about keys and modes and all these things but if i'm not sitting at the piano or whatever instrument and if i can't actually apply what you're saying just doesn't stick just yeah it just doesn't stick you know you're just you're just test taker what'd you say horrible horrible at tests i was you know i'm only laughing because michael and i talked about this today at work how daniel tosh has a bit where he's like uh i can't stand people who say they're I'm a bad test taker. You mean you're stupid? You yeah, mean that part where we find out how much you know? Yeah, no, I I am plenty stupid. I will fully admit that. You're not alone. I never went to college, <laughs> if it makes you feel better. Yeah. Which was really embarrassing. Quick off-topic story. When I first started this job at the, the company that Michael and I work for, the training group we were in, they made us all stand up and introduce ourselves. And our training group was like 26 deep. And everybody, I'm the last guy to stand up to. So they're starting at the back. And all these guys and gals are standing up like, oh, I'm so-and-so, graduated from St. Cloud State or University of Minnesota, University of North Dakota, blah, blah, blah. And he gets to me, and I'm like, I'm Josh. I graduated from Stock Rapids High School. I never went to college. <laughs> I have no idea how I got here. just made up a college name. I didn't. I, I Yeah, I should have, honestly. Like, <laughs> Or just said something like very prestigious, like, yeah, I graduated at Yale. Like, <laughs> Just say something outlandish, and all of them be like, did he actually go to uh... Yale? But yeah, so circling back around, after I had met up with Will and he showed me this whole like composer thing, it sort of made me realize that there's like this whole other side of the industry that yeah. I, I thought was, not saying that Will isn't amazing because he is, but you know, you think that composers are these like crazy geniuses and it's like, yeah, some of them are, but most of them are just really talented musicians and yeah. it sort of made me realize there's this whole other door that opened and then i started going down the the rabbit hole of like samples and using virtual orchestras and things like that fast forward a few years and my brother had moved back from california and we were like you know you were doing film I'm still doing music. Why don't we... You know? Collab. Yeah. Like, it just makes sense. Collab is bros. Exactly. I can't... I mean, yeah, that's that seems like a pretty easy... An easy find right there. Like, oh, you're doing music? Oh, I'm doing film. You want to hang out? Like, <laughs> you want to make a movie? No. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm, I'm doing no. fine. So, the fir- what was the first short film that you guys made together? So, that was a film called Pea Soup. Oh, boy. Yes. Do you want to guess what it's about? I don't. No, I really, I, I wouldn't even know where to. Knowing the two of you, the way that I know you, which admittedly hasn't been for a super long time. I didn't write the movie. Mm, 
I don't know how I feel I just about said the this. music. Pea soup. I can't even. I don't even know where to begin. I'm okay. gonna level with it's, you. I have no clue. It's been a long time since I've seen it. So you don't remember what it's about? If I remember correctly, it's about a guy that's working at like this homeless shelter, and he's this makes sense now. He's okay. Feeding pea soup. He's also homeless. Feeding people pea soup. Yeah, and his boss is a giant dick. Oh. And he kills his boss. He pees in the soup. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the soup that he's it's serving really to dark, people, dude. Like, why did you write that? So the idea is, he's a homeless kid working okay. at a homeless shelter, right? And just struggling to live. His boss is a total dick bag, yelling at him to feed the homeless people, but there isn't enough soup because he's a douchebag boss. Sounds right. So he goes out to tell all the homeless people that there isn't enough soup to go around, but he's going to do whatever he can, and all the homeless people turn on him and start yelling at him as if it's his fault. And then they kill him. So he gets mad oh. at the homeless people as well because the entire world's shitting on him now. So he pees in the soup, but then. At the end, when he's going to serve the pea soup, the guy in front says, hey, man, like, I appreciate what you're doing here. Like, don't take it personally. Like, thank you. And he realizes, like, okay, I shouldn't be giving them the soup. And he throws it on the ground. So ultimately still is the bad guy to everybody, but knows he did the right thing. Right. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, I left out all of the important story-related stuff. You just wanted it to be about somebody taking a piss in a soup. Basically, Okay, yeah. no, that's fair. That's fair. It was a good story. Uh, that, I, I believe it's a, it's a... Heartwarming story, Michael. It, it really is. It is very heartwarming. So that's your first film, and then after you guys do that, very stomach warming too. <laughs> gross, <laughs> gross. It's a very stomach warming story. Ugh, it's a stomach turning story. Ugh. You guys make your first film. How, like, what, what, what did you think after that? Were you like, wow, that was a lot of fun, or were you like, Jesus, after want... pea soup? Yeah. I mean, he was living on the other side of the country, right? So it was kind of like. Write some music, send it to him, get some okay. feedback, and that, and then once it was done, that was kind of it from my perspective because. So you're just like, okay, this is a one-time thing. I'm done. Kind of, yeah. Okay. You know, my brother asked me to help me with some, asked me to help him with something, so I did, and then that was kind of it. So what goes? I, I want to jump off a little bit here because I, I want to get into the details of what goes into independent filmmaking and and the history of how you got into it is interesting to me. It really is, but I I want to make sure that we're hitting the content that we're supposed to be hitting here. What what would you say is the most difficult thing about being an independent filmmaker? Hmm. I would say the most difficult thing about being an indie filmmaker is not having enough alcohol. That's it. The rest of it's just a cakewalk. Just well, because no, the rest of it will never be a cakewalk. That's oh. why you need the alcohol. Oh. Is it is it that bad? <laughs> it's not that bad. It's just every every film you do feels like a massive improvement from the previous one. But there's always something new that you're learning with yeah. each one. So a while back uh we had Troy on here and we kind of went through the the films that we had made. Yeah, I, I was watching that. Yeah, through the order. So I'd say when we actually got back together to make movies, the first one we did was uh, Moral Compass. Okay. Well, being the first one that we did, I had never used a boom mic before. You know? Oh, okay. <laughs> like, we had never shot in the woods before, so, like, lighting was weird. We, we tried to use a bounce board and everything, and sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. 
We had just gotten a new camera. What is a bounce board for those who don't know? It's basically just a giant sheet that reflects light. Okay. So when you're outside, it's basically uh, unplugged lighting for outdoors, kind of, is the way to think about it. So you just, if say you're standing in these trees and you're just not lit well, you can take that bounce board and set it down and angle it so that the sun reflects light onto you. Is it like a mirror where the person's just going to, ah, like if it hits them in the eyes? It it can get really really? bright. For sure. Yeah, it can. Yep. But yeah, that's pretty much it. So on that first one, then we had gotten a, a new camera. There was a bunch of things that we overlooked that kind of messed with the the color and everything. Um, and then after that, we did uh, the worst movie ever made, which was this improv sort of thing. And it was a film we did last minute, so we didn't really have a ton of expectations in terms of what it was going to be. Right. But I would say the big lesson learned on that one is we still needed some kind of like story to it. And I feel like the first half of it had that, but then the second half just kind of, it was just kind of a bunch of jokes and then it was over. So that second one was more of a structure. Just evolved into like a Seinfeld episode. Just no structure, not going anywhere. Yeah. It just gets more and more ridiculous, but it, so it, would you say that's the most difficult part of it then? Is just the the consistent, constant something new, something you didn't notice, something you weren't aware of. Just I think the overall popping up. Overall, the hardest thing for making indie films is organization. Organization. Whether it comes to your set location or people. I was going to say, if you have a squad that's just all over the place, it's got to be just a nightmare yeah. trying to get things done. And that was another movie we did. We... It was the biggest one we were planning, and we had, like, 25 people there. We did not need 25 people oh, there. Oh, God. We needed, like, six people there. So you just overshot and, the Yeah, we just completely overshot it, you know? And we never would have known that if we hadn't done it. So organization is the most difficult thing. What, what is something that is surprisingly easier than you had anticipated? I would say having fun. It's it's more fun than you would have anticipated? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's way more fun. You know, it that's not going to be very inspiring to the folks listening. They're going to be like, Jesus, we have to organize. And it's like, what's what's easy about it? Just having a good time, bro. Like, <laughs> for real, though, you know, like what's more fun than hanging out with a bunch of your friends and like making a movie? Even yeah. If, even if the movie sucks, how are you not having fun while doing that? I, I agree. I see that. And I cannot wait to actually start like acting with you guys because it it seems like such a good time. It is. It's a blast, you know, and if, if you're sitting there on set. And you're like, this movie sucks. <laughs> you know, like you're working with the wrong people for whatever reason that may be. Maybe, maybe you are really amazing, and maybe you deserve to be working with on bigger people. films. Maybe but sorry, do. bro. Yeah, <laughs> but if you're here with us, that's probably not true. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, and I'm not saying us specifically or anyone specifically, yeah. but you know, people. Whether it's film or music or anything creative like that where you collaborate, you sort of find a group that's at the same level as you and you grow together. Yeah. And then you branch out and you meet other people that are at the same level. That's why it's so hard for people to just go to, say, go to Hollywood and then just start working on some huge movie, you know, because 
you're not good enough. Yeah. And you're not just going to suddenly be good enough. Well, it takes time. It does. Obviously. I mean, all, all the big actors started... I mean, aren't there some actors that literally came from nowhere? The, the guy who plays um, uh, Game of Thrones... Uh, is it Peter Dinklage? Yeah. For Tyrion? Yeah. Yeah. He... he he didn't get into acting until he was in like his thirties, didn't he? I don't know. I, I'm trying I to remember. It. I'm trying to remember that now. I know that there's some actors that just kind of fall into it, like, oh, I can yeah. actually do this. Okay, that's interesting. Vikings. Viking. Mm-hmm. Vikings. Vikings. The show. The main actor. Oh yeah. Model. Yeah. Well, uh, oh. Uh, Travis Fimmel, I think his name. Travis is. Fimmel. Okay. Yeah. He is doing underwear modeling before he, he got is, into acting. I would. I would watch him underwear model any day of the week if if i had a, a man celebrity crush it's him hands down i gotta go with brad pitt hands not even close brad pitt and troy not even brad close. pitt and troy not even close we're gonna have to disagree on not this e- that, that facial hair in his hair i would just grab that would I'm not going? This is getting weird. And I'm it's, not. I didn't say I'm going to. I'm just saying. I'm saying hypothetically. Full on derailed right hypothetically, here. Hypothetically, not that there's anything wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with you. I feel like you're being quite judgmental. It's right not now. a judgment. I'm just saying we jumped the tracks there. It's like yeah, independent that wasn't filmmaking. Jumping. I would grab a handful of his hair. Like, That's not what I did. That is not right. what I did. <laughs> I was simply appreciating his hair. You can appreciate it's really nice. It. This went from appreciating to like one of those weird Pantene Pro-V commercials where the chick's just screaming in the shower. You I feel st- like we could have just kept going right along. We could have. Instead, you like stopped. And you you're, like, started this. You're like <laughs> waving flags going, guys, check this out. <laughs> Isn't that sick. weird? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was being weird on purpose. Okay. That's but right. I am telling the truth. Okay. <laughs> I, I believe you. I really do. Okay. So I, I should have asked you this in the beginning. What what is an independent film? What makes like film independent film? What's the difference? What makes an independent film? I mean, basically, it's a film that's done independently. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's when you see a, a big Hollywood movie. There's so many parties involved. When it's an independent film, it's a separate side smaller thing if that's it's makes just sense. a group of people making movies is that Basically, really okay all right you it. know and and those can still have funding of course right they do all the time because in my head i remember um a24 is an independent film studio is it mm-hmm. not so what but it's a studio do they not have back how does that work how, what what makes them independent so i i don't know for sure because i hadn't heard about them until uh uh, what was that movie that just came out? The Whale? No, the... That's an A24 film. Um, it's also a Darren Aronofsky The one film. with the hand. Shout out Darren Aronofsky. The hand. Oh, I know what you're talking... The horror one. Yeah, what is that movie oh, called? Oh, I don't, I don't remember. It looks creepy it's as all, shit. I, I really like it. it. Yeah. Well, my theory, and this is just my theory, because I, like I said, I don't know, but I'm guessing that they were a really successful indie studio. Right. And they're... Stuff is just so good that they're kind of turning into. They're not indie anymore. Yeah, they're they're not indie anymore at this point. You know, like if if I had seen that movie without knowing, I would have never thought that was an indie film. Not a chance. It's called Talk to Me. The yes. movie you were wondering about. By yes, way. thank you. I had to Google that real quick. So that's what makes an independent film. We've talked about what the most difficult part about being an independent filmmaker is. We talked about the 
the the best part about being an independent filmmaker. What do you need to be an independent filmmaker? Somebody's watching this right now, and they're like, man, these guys are great. This is the best independent film company I've ever seen, the best independent film podcast I've ever listened to. I want to do that. How do they do that? And the host, Josh Rivers, is devilishly good looking with his shiny bald head. I would not grab your hair. I don't have um, any fucking hair to grab. But Thanks anyway, for that. Could you repeat the question? What? You just you got what do you weird need? and I got weird? Yeah, can you just come on? What do you what do you need to be an independent filmmaker? This is kind of a lame answer. Don't do it. So I'll give two answers. How's that? If this comes across as like one of those like sports interviews, like this is for all the kids out there. You can do it, you just gotta dream big. A little bit. Oh, here we go. You need to a lot of money. I'm you, sorry. Go ahead. You need to really love doing it. That's a reasonable answer. You can't go into it going, "I'm going to make the greatest movie ever, and I'm going to be rich and famous, and I'm going to be this awesome filmmaker." Right. That's not going to work. Don't for, most for of the anything. people, who, most of the people who stumble into like the fame side of it, you you just isn't that how you have it? Just you kind of stumble into it. Right. You, whether it's film or music or say sports, you don't. You don't grab a football and go, I'm going to be the greatest quarterback ever because I want to. It's like, no, you have to, you have to love, you have to love the, the actual time, yeah. your reps you're putting in. Yeah. You have to enjoy that. I believe that 100%, which is why it bothers me. I have no doubt that there's some people out there and that this goes for any field, sports, um, you know, the CEOs or, or, or whatever, people who, you know, invent like computers or whatnot, but there's always those guys and gals who are always like, you know, I, I knew growing up I, I wanted to be the greatest. And so that's what I set out to be. I was going to be the greatest. I have no doubt that happens. But I also have no doubt that more often than not, somebody's just having a good time. Yeah, I and guarantee. And they just happen to be good at it. I guarantee all those people that said that also loved doing it, though. Right. Now, there are some people who I have no doubt were basically forced into being good at what they were doing. I follow uh, a lot of uh, Grand Prix motorcycle racing and, and motorsports. Uh, one of my favorite riders, Jorge Lorenzo, his dad basically forced him to be a motorcycle racer from like five years old. And that's why he was so good at it because his dad forced him to do it. Like, you're not going to quit. You're going to be good at this. It's like Max Verstappen in Formula One. His dad was notorious for, you're going to be a race car driver and you're going to be damn good at it. And I'm going to make damn sure you're good at it and just forcing them to do something any if you do anything long enough you're bound to get good at it it just takes time a lot a lot of time so i I think you're right i think the just wanting to do it and enjoying it i think it's a, a really good comparison to that would be working out yeah people that talk about clearly i don't know but people that talk about um, you and me both bro <laughs> how they love that feeling of going to the gym you know when i did go believe it or not i wasn't always this out of shape i've never been in shape but it wasn't always quite this bad but going to the gym was one of those things where it's like when you go and you're like you want to go there you want to be there mm-hmm. no better feeling in the world yeah it's just like wanting to do things like um i used to do track days on motorcycles and it's the biggest high I've ever gotten in my life. Yeah. And it when you want to be there, when you're there and you're having that much fun, oh my God, there's nothing like it. That's how it feels doing music. You know? Like, there are times where you just don't want to do it. Yeah. But you have to do it. But more often than not. I would like to do another episode of this with you. 
in the chair because I'd like to talk to you about being behind the camera and more of what that takes. But it's really good. It's cool to get an insight from a, a, a side of things that I don't think people pay enough attention to. It gets its due credit. Composers are credited all the time, and everybody talks about the big-name composers. But I, I don't think people – there's a lot of good movies that have really good soundtracks, but you don't really – it doesn't really resonate with you until after the fact. Like, wow, the score in that movie was really good. You, you kind of think about it after the fact. So it's interesting to hear from your perspective You know what it takes – how you got there, how you just kind of stumbled into it, right? Like, yeah. I like playing guitar, and all of a sudden, your brother happens to make movies, and you're like, okay, I'll, yeah, let's see how yeah. that, how do you do that? Let's try that. We've only got one minute left, but I'll give one last, uh, how did you word it? One thing you need? One thing you need, yes. Okay, if there was one thing you needed to make a short film, assuming Money. you're not doing it completely by yourself, <laughs> okay, is a good supporting group of people i believe that people that are going to be okay with you failing and wasting your time and doing something that doesn't turn out that great yeah you know people who are willing to understand that this isn't going to be the the greatest thing you've got to be willing to put hours upon hours into something and then watch it fail 100 percent. yeah and if you don't have people with you that are willing to watch you do that and support you do that, it's going to be really, really hard. Yeah, I can, I can imagine that. So if you got any advice out there for folks that are watching this that want to be filmmakers, what's your, what's your one piece of advice? Somebody's watching this, like, I got to do this. What is your one bit of advice? Say that again. What is, uh, don't make me do that. I was just thinking that. I, I thought you were starting to do the outro, so I wasn't listening. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> we're past. doesn't matter. I said there's only one minute left. This is an hour-long last... episode now. We've gone over the threshold. We have to keep going. Okay. Now you get to ask me re- questions. Repeat the question, and then... No, no, no. It's your turn. No, you asked a question. You're asking me now. Okay. I'm an actor. All right. I'll ask a question. What's up? Uh, when are we going to wrap this up? <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, the question was, is the one piece of advice you would give to somebody who wants to start making independent films? That's kind of what you already asked. How Did I? How to get started. Yeah, how, how do you get started? That's what I'm saying. Like, like what, what advice would you give to somebody? How do you get started? Yes. Well, you need to obviously have equipment. But you can do it these days with any equipment. You can do it with your phone. It doesn't matter. As long as you're doing it, and you're getting that practice and experience, even if it's not great experience, you're still getting experience. So just do it. Yeah, just do it. Just do it. And if you find that you hate it, doing it with just your phone, you know, maybe it's not for you. Maybe it's the equipment. But more importantly, if you find out that you love it and you're just using your phone, then you should probably keep going. Yeah. There's a company whose slogan is just do it. And I almost said it. I almost pointed right at the camera and was like, ah, just said the company, like, just do it. <laughs> what is it with you and just shouting out every company? I can't stop myself. I don't know what to tell you. It just, it's it's uh, in my head. Big like, film, shout out. Right, exactly. Sorry, continue. No, it's okay. I, I can't help myself, dude. It's I told you it's useless information up here, so it's just pop culture references and memes. So anytime you say something that's remotely close to that, I'm just, ah, and I go for it. So, what are you doing? All right, Josh, I got one last question for you Please before don't. we wrap this up. Uh, but we're over the time limit, Michael. Shut up. Okay. It's my podcast. <laughs> okay. No, I skipped the trivia because it was taking too long. Oh, okay. Um, my last question before we wrap this up, and after you answer it, let's go ahead and do that outro. Okay. 
what are you looking most forward to in acting in a short film for the first time? Ooh, what am I most looking forward to in acting in a short film? I was going to ask you that on the next episode. Oh, he stole it from me. Now you, you got to find something else to talk about. That's fine. I think the thing that I'm most looking forward to acting is ever since I was a kid, I've always been like a really emotional person. Just 10 out of 10, no matter what I'm feeling. If I'm happy, we're we're happy. If I'm stressed, I am stressed. If I'm sad, I am sobbing. If I'm angry, I am furious. And having an outlet to put that to use, right? To call upon all these feelings that I've got stored over the years, all these highs and lows, and being able to call upon that at a moment's notice and put that on film and put that in a place where it where it works, where it matters, right? I think that is the coolest idea in the world to me because I've never had an an outlet for that before. Like it, it, when you're super emotional, people just give you shit for it all the time. Like, why are you so happy? What is there to be happy about? It's like, I don't fucking know, man. I'm just, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Or when you're mad and you're just furious and you're screaming and everybody's like, why are you so angry? You look like an idiot. It's like, I can't control it. it it's so weird. And same thing with your, when you're sad. Like, why are you so sad? You look like an idiot. It's like, I... I don't know, man. It just I'm, who's saying these things to you, dude. I was in the military for eight years. You're not allowed to show emotion. Oh, <laughs> like, it's okay. not a thing. So it's cool to have a place where I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is a place where you can call upon all these feelings and memories of how you felt and put them to good use, as opposed to just being this ball of what the hell? And I don't know. I, I, It's something I've thought about for a while where I'm like, I, I bet I'd be a good actor or I, I bet I could probably do that. And then he asked me and I was like, well, hell, all right. Uh, <laughs> time to put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's see if you can do Time to see if you really want to be the greatest actor. I'm going to the bed so hard in the first one we make together. It's going to be cheeks and I'm sorry. <laughs> can I say something? We're over our time limit, so I don't know. All right. Do the outro then. Okay. Do the outro. Thanks again for watching the Big Film Podcast. We're happy you decided to spend your evening with us, afternoon, morning, whatever time it is. Uh, you have a lot of entertainment options to choose from. We're happy that you chose us. Thanks again so much for spending your time here. You can find us on our socials. Uh, Eric Gordon Berg, he is on, not on Instagram. I can tell you that I much. I am on Instagram. He's on Instagram, but we're not as a conglomerate film company. We're not. I know I know we're not. But he's on Instagram at the handle Eric Gordonberg. You can also find him on TikTok as well. And are you on X, Twitter, whatever it is? Everything. Everything. He's on everything. Just look him up. You can also find our director and producer, Michael Gordonberg, with his name as the handle on Darwinberg. Michael Darwinberg. You can find him at the handle Michael Darwinberg on everything. I'll get this cleared up one of these episodes. <coughs> Co-hosts, kind of. <coughs> I, I will have this cleaned up for you guys. I promise. I'm sorry. It's just coming apart right now. You can find Michael Darwinberg on all of his socials with the same handle, Michael Darwinberg. And you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at the handle Stop That Rivers. I have posted nothing, and I'm so sorry. I have to figure that out. I, I'm a little bit... I'm becoming the old man that's a little technologically illiterate. I don't know how to, like, make TikToks. It doesn't... I don't know how to do it. I have one of us getting ready to, like, record, and that's it. That's all I got. So I apologize. I promise you I will get this figured out. So thanks again for your time. Thanks so much for watching. We hope you tune in on the next one.